Welcome to the Storyfield. This is Josh Allen, and I'm joined by Micah Petrie. This is a podcast created and sponsored by The Allen Firm. At The Allen Firm, we think there are too many unknowns in life's legal situations. The Allen Firm provides legal guidance so you can make a great decision, come to a resolution, and be at peace. For more information about The Allen Firm, visit allenlawfirm.com. Well, we think you will agree that life is complex, business is hard, and living a life of faith can feel complicated. You're in the right place today to hear some great stories of normal people just like us who will inspire you to move forward in life. Thank you for joining us today. We know you're going to be encouraged. So, hey, Storyfield, I want you to meet Marlon Woods. So this is a bit of a milestone episode because we have our very first guest who is located on another continent. So, nice. <laughs> so congratulations, Marlon. This is your, your break ground for us. It's an honor. And also, you know, we've never talked today, so this is kind of like a blonde date podcast or something. So, man, Marlon, thank, thanks for making time today. Yeah, for sure, man. So I did notice today that you have, it looks like, 80,000 followers on Instagram. So I want you to know you're small talented today because I live in a town with a population of about 25,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know but we have a lot more around us but i just want you to know kind of put that perspective for you so no no pressure here no um, pressure so for all of you who who like to exercise at home using streaming services you know marlon's name may sound familiar in fact like he he may have led or created a workout um for you through less mills international so marlon you're a less mills ambassador and you teach body combat, body pump, and tone. Like, how would you describe that company, Les Mills, if um, you're the outsider? Like, what what are they? They're, they're, so they're an international group fitness company, uh, similar to your like your Beachbody. Um, trying to think, there's like you know like whoever came up, you know, like I guess P90X is under Beachbody, but or like you know like Zumba, like the company Zumba. Mm-hmm. So Les Mills is a group fitness company, and they create these classes that that people do they have an online offering that they do at home and they also have an offering that they do that they have like in gyms yeah well i mean we've done it i mean that's where we ran across you guys during covid so right covid yeah you bet so marlon you've also you I mean so you're you're involved in it as a strategic kind of oversight for less mills you're an international master trainer you've owned mm-hmm. your own gym you've served yes. in the u.s military you've worked for the national security agency you yes. work for the U.S. Department of, of the Army, and you're yeah. an author. Um, and, man, I'm just impressed with all your – so I want to get into this. And and you have four degrees, is that right? And working on your Ph.D.? Where yeah, working on, okay. number, working on number five. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, man, welcome to the show. Like, I appreciate you being here. Did I miss anything? Just in the high-level no, no, flyby? No. Yeah, pretty okay. high-level. You got it, man. Thanks for having me. I really, really, really appreciate it. You bet. being asked. Well, so walk us. So we like to kind of develop a little bit of a timeline childhood. So tell us about where you grew up. You know what that was like. I mean, we want to we want to know your story, but you got to start us at the beginning. Yeah. So I grew up Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, spent the first eighteen years of my life there. Um, grew up. I guess like if if I had to if I had to describe my childhood you know, or that first 18 years in one word, it'd be pressure. Um, a lot of pressure as uh, firstborn, a lot of pressure as a black man, um, a lot of pressure, not only like from, you know, those who were putting faith in me. And this isn't some like, you know, messianic, like, oh, like Marlon is our only hope, but like, the sense in a lot of communities, you know, especially, you know, ones that may be social, you know, lower socioeconomic status, especially black communities, like black sons in particular, but even daughters are, you know, they're kind of like, you know, the ticket, you know, and there's pressure, like, you know, are you going to be the first one to graduate college? You know, are you going to, are you going to go to jail? Are you going to have a kid? Are you going to get involved with drugs? You know, are you going to be involved in games? Like all very real outcomes. Um, and at a very young age, you know, I started playing sports when I was four years old. So it's, it's competition and you're pitted against your friends and it's who's starting, who's not starting. 
I'll never forget my dad was my baseball coach. I think I was, might've been seven or eight, maybe I think I was seven or eight. And he didn't pick me for the all-star team. And I, I wasn't looking, I wasn't looking for any favors, but I'm like, dad, I'm, I'm the, I'm the best second baseman we have. I'm like, I'm, I'm really good. He was like, no, like you need to know what it feels like to, you know, to lose and, you know, to compete. And, you know, your cousin, Justin is, is, you know, he's on the all-star team and Justin and I are like inseparable. And so when he picked him and not me, I was like, it was, it was, it was a huge, even at that young age, it was a huge turning point for me because there's no friends on the field, right? I'm, I'm, I know you've heard that before. So the first, like, you know, up until I graduated high school, my life was characterized by how good I was in sports and how good I was in school. Uh, and that developed in me this insatiable need to achieve mm. for number one, approval of my, well, one of my approval of my father. And I had been, I had learned to identify myself by what I could do and how good I could do it. And so it was all about being the best. And I left Cincinnati 2007, uh, started, uh, I went to school at Bucknell University in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, a liberal, liberal arts college, like Shadow Ivy League, you know, one of those like older schools up there. Um, and weirdly, like I, you, you spend the first 18 years of your life, you know, trying to become top dog, you know, like everybody, you know, everyone in my high school knows me and I got the friends and, you know, I go to the parties and then you start all over, you go to this new school, this new city, this new place, and you're at the bottom again. And yeah. I went through this huge identity crisis, culture shock, identity crisis. Um, I almost failed. Nope. A lot. I almost failed out of. I almost failed out of school. My first semester of college, I uh, my GPA. Americans will understand this, but no one else in the world does because they because <laughs> because because yeah. they, they don't use the scale we use. But I had a one point zero eight yeah. after my first semester. Like. Like you have to try to do that. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, you not, know, that's, like, not like, too up, that's not too high, man. <laughs> you know, like you, like you got to try to do that. But it's because I was, I was depressed. I uh, missed home. I was confused, frustrated. Football was way harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, the commitment outside of it, the film, the weightlifting. I was like, I'm, I hate it here. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to class at all. And that was a huge reality check for me because I came home and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, this is what happens. You know, like you see so many guys who you looked up to and they're back home and it's like, oh, what happened? Oh, he, oh, he, oh, he flunked out. Uh, and in your head at the time, it's like, that's never going to happen to me. But here I am at home over Christmas break, getting a letter, letting them know that I'm on academic probation. And I'm like, this is how it happens. Oh my goodness. Well, take so time out for a second. Were you good at sports? growing up yeah yeah, talented. yeah and you're a firstborn of how many how many brothers and sisters do you have um three three, so, three three younger sisters okay i mean and that's just extra pressure being the first one yeah being the firstborn for sure and so did you get a scholarship or, i mean did you get asked to go yes. to Bucknell? okay yeah so i got a scholarship for fo football, football was track. your thing okay and track yeah 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 football and track what'd um, you run what'd you run in kind of what position did you play and then what'd you run on track so football, um, DB wide receiver, return specialist, um, track 100, 200, four by one. And our coach would make us run the 400 or the four by four when we got in trouble. So, so you're fast then. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, not yeah, running yeah, definitely. races. Yeah, um, definitely. And you felt that just from the, from the get-go, I mean, especially from dad, especially from just community. Yeah, you got to, you're, you, you're the ticket. Yeah, like this, it, it's, you know, you, you start cycling through sports, you know, like as soon as you start, you know, football in the summer, basketball in the winter, baseball in the spring, and then you see, okay, well, what's working, what's not working? Okay, let's try track, let's try this, until you find your one, and you find your one, and then you take it from three sports, maybe down to two sports, so it's football and basketball, or maybe you do football, basketball, track, you know, to stay in shape throughout the year, and you're trying to see, you know, where, you know, where's the scholarship going to be, you know, like who, like who, what, what sports scholarship going to come from. And I, I've, I've been blessed with 
a lot of natural talent. It doesn't take me long to become good at anything athletic. Like I, I can, like I can, I can pretty much muscle my way through 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 most things. So I had that going for me, um, and you know I relied on that a lot. But as I got older, and you know, I had to learn to fine tune that, and to really, you know, you know, like you know, dedicate more to the craft is is when I, is when I really started to become better. And so, you know, like when I I, I started every game I played in, um, but I, when I was in college after my after my after my freshman year. Well, so um, yeah, so get us there. You graduated. You went to on on a was it kind of like a full ride scholarship? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a full time job. I mean, we've we've had some um some people on who've been professional athletes and it's just it's it's incredible when i hear just your college experience that's a full-time job not to mention yeah, school it and really kinda, is. it all hit a point it hit a point for you where you're just like you hit the wall yeah for sure what and happened you you got to make a choice you know like it, it was you know you kind of hit that and you you decide and i had friends two or maybe three or four friends who decided, well, I'm not playing football anymore. Um, and, you know, and, and that, that happens all the time, you know? So it's like, I had a choice said, you know, I can either get my shit together pretty much and, you know, put your head down, do the work. This is, this is what you're here for, you know, hold yourself accountable, grow up. Um, and I'm not saying not doing that, you know, is not being grown. Cause you know, you know, you, you know, make decisions best for you, but I knew that not making that decision or deciding to stop, would have been a cop out for me. And so I put my head down and I was like, first things first, you guys, you got to get eligible to play. Yeah. Uh, 1.08 <laughs> is, is like dragging an anchor out of the, uh, out of the ocean. Yeah. Um, and so I went to school year round for the rest of the, I went to school over the summers every year from, from that, from that first semester until the time I graduated. Mm. Um, so encourage an athlete right now. Who's, who's started college. Who's, really talented and feels that same way what would you what would you say to you back then say the course yeah not say you you were you you worked hard and you were blessed and fortunate enough to be where you are right now so honor that by saying yeah. through yeah that's good and that's what you did uh, so you, you you pulled the anchor out of the ocean you went full-time school yeah. you got eligible and yep full-time i was i was doing study hall i was I was that I was that kid in every office hours. I was asking questions. I was trying to get feedback on papers. I was like, I was like, you need. I was like, this was. That's unacceptable, and I don't want to let myself down. I don't want to let my mother down. I don't want to let my little sisters down. I don't want to let anybody down. Who was, who were those kids that were freshmen, sophomores, looking up to me as a senior? You know, I don't. I don't want to wind up back home and you know them wondering, oh well, what happened, and is that going to happen? Man, that's good. So did you play all four years? What was your yep. first degree in? All four years. Played all four years, football and track. Um, first degree was political science. Okay. Yeah, political science. Now, did you go on from there? So when did the military service come into the picture? Was that right after school or did you go back and continue your education? Yeah, so the like the two and a half, like two, three years, <clears throat> after uh the two years following my graduation were quite a uh quite uh, a whirlwind i graduated may 21st 2011 may 22nd i went to work um in the u.s senate okay and so i went to the u.s senate and i was working for senator sherrod brown um i started as a started as a as, as an as an administrative assistant yeah, and I'm not even sure I mentioned that. Sorry, Marlon. Like, yeah, no, no, all good, no, all good. Okay. It was so short lived. It was so short lived. So I was on. I was, you know, you know, at the Capitol working on the Hill. One of the most tumultuous, stressful. You want to talk about high powered, like just, just like being or like senators are like rock stars. Like, yeah. They're like that, like, like these are the like they are that they're they're truly like rock stars in the offices and the people who support them. It is when Congress is in session, it is go, go, go. And I've oh. never, I don't think I've ever felt like a smaller fish. Yeah. Than I was when I was there. Like a just like confidence, just 
none. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, who am I? Like compared to these people, like yeah. not only the senators and representatives, but the chiefs of staff, like the like the the, the speech writers, like just these these people just walking around, literally making history. Like they're there are so many it. people behind the scene that we have no ideas. Or I mean, no idea about like. It, it was it was it was just mind blowing to bear witness to the machine, mm. and I was fortunate enough. You know, I worked really hard because I interned with them before I went to before I worked for them. Um, I was fortunate enough to you know get offered a, you know, I got moved up to a legislative legislative correspondent, um, and I worked with um, housing and urban development. I worked with and, and defense as well. And so those are, those are like my specialties. And so I would get to sit in on a lot of committee meetings, um, walking through the U S Capitol. Like going <laughs> Dude, you've been behind, the, the, scene, you've oh, been behind bro, the scene, man. You've been behind the scene. Like, 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 like all through the, you know, the Senate building, just mm -hmm. like, you know, you walk in and you see, you know, Senator John Kerry walk past, or, you know, back then, you know, I saw, you know, Colin Powell. And it's like, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it was crazy. It was just mind blowing. And I did that for about 18 months. And I had this, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to work for a three letter agency. I was like, I want to work for DEA, FBI, ATF, like every other guy in the world wants yeah. to, like, especially <laughs> yeah. in the US. For you graduate sure. college and you're like, I want to be an FBI. And so I'm trying to figure out, because um, I, I enjoyed politics, but I was like, ah, like, it's just not doing it for me right now. I think I had too much testosterone and ego in me. And I was like, I need, I need a release. And so I had to talk with this, um, with this ex, ex spy, actually, he used, he used to work in the CIA. Oh, wow. um, he was, he was a, he was a defense and intelligence, uh, defense and intelligence consultant. And I don't even remember how I got this meeting with him, but he was like, yeah, we can sit down and we can talk. And I'm like, what do I need to do? And he says, well, you need to join the military. And weirdly, I've never, I'd never even considered joining the military. I got offered a scholarship from West Point and the Naval Academy, but I was like, there's no way I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not going to go to college. I'm not going to do that. Like it's college. Like I'm going to have fun. Yeah. So I turned yeah. both of those down. Oh, wow. <laughs> West Point and the Naval Academy. Yeah. Sorry. No. Turn, turn, turn both of those down. Um, I always, I always hide like you. There, there's so many you. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll come across a, <laughs> yeah. we'll come across a few things that I've, I've turned down that, which is why I'm here now. Which is, it's just crazy. <laughs> but so my grandfather, both my grandfathers, my dad, my great grandfather, they all served in, in the military. But it's never been something I'd even thought about. So he tells me this, and I'm like, okay, so I need to join the army. He's like, and you should probably enlist because that will be, you'll be able to guarantee that you can get the job you want. You can't, you don't have as much control if, if you go the officer route. So I'm like, okay, so I, I need to play the long game. So I need to join the army, get this, get this experience. And then when I'm done, I'll be able to do what I want to do. The next day I go and take the test. Oh my goodness, uh, man. I was going to ask yeah. you, how long did you sleep on that? You didn't, you oh, slept on I, it I one didn't. night. <laughs> I did it. Oh, wow. The next day, the next day I went and took the test. Um, I happened to, I happened to find an, an ASVAB, um, ASVAB test the next day that was being held. I registered as quickly as I could, went and took the test. They were like, okay, cool. It's like, you qualify for, you know, any job you want to. Um, I'm like, yep, let, let's, let's move forward. Uh, got to pick signals intelligence analyst. This was 2013, 2012, end of 2012, maybe 12, 13. I can't remember. And they're like, you're going to be in the six month. There's a, there's a six month delay. So you'll take six months, you'll go and, you know, train, do whatever. And, and then you leave six months from now. And so that's when I kind of started getting into um, um, exercise a little bit more. I got my training certification because, you know, I was working at a gym, trying to get in shape, ready to go into the army, going to the military. Um, and that is actually when I, when I was, so I did basic training. And then after basic training, you go to advanced individual training to learn your specialty. And that's actually when I started school, um, oh. my, my, sec, my, my, my master's, because I was hell bent on making sure that I was stacked against anybody else who I was applying against. I wanted to make sure I, I, was, I, was, I was above and beyond. 
And so I do my intelligence, intelligence school was six months. And wow. so I do that stuff during the days and at nights I would do my schoolwork. Wow. And I, I did that over the, I did that like while I was in AIT, graduated, I did that. Once I got to my unit, I did, did that when I was, you know, while I was in Afghanistan, I had to like, you know, do stuff in batches. If I didn't have, you know, like if I wasn't going to have signal, if I wasn't going to have something. Um, and I graduated, I got my, my master's 2014. Um, and weirdly, I graduated with my, uh, with my executive, with my, with my XO, my, uh, my first lieutenant, him and I were in the same class, which is really cool. Um, so, so how long was that? So that was, so within a couple of years, so the next day after the 18 month period on the Capitol Hill, then you, you signed up, then you did basic and then you did the six month training. But after that, you were in school and you deployed. Yeah. So, yep. So I got to my unit 2013, um, was still in school. And as soon as I got to my unit, we were in this rapidly deployable, um, multi-mission SIGINT team. And basically with small teams, I would go and we would attach to infantry units. You would attach to SF, you'd attach to Brains or whoever, um, and be there in, um, be there, um, um, what's that word? Intelligence, uh, not body, but elements. There you go. Yeah, they're, they're intelligence element um, on the ground with them or providing support from the FOB. And so as soon as I got to my unit, we were like literally every week, just like new training, like low-level voice intercept or SIGINT terminal guidance or land navigation, water survival, mountain training, cold weather, hot weather. Like we were like, you know, um, convoy operations, helicopter operations, 50 wow. cal, advanced rifle marksmanship, night rifle marksmanship, like just all these, like we were just doing, we were just doing training, doing training, which made it actually really fun, you know, quite yeah. enjoyable because, and so it made the time go by, you know, a lot quicker. Um, but I was just, I was so, it was such a period of it, it was such a period of focus for me because I did it as a means to an end. Yeah. Um, but when I look back, I really enjoyed being in the military. And again, like there wasn't some, I don't have like a really, you know, super inspirational story as to why I joined. But when I look back, I'm so proud of being able to say that I served my country. Oh, yeah. Like, Man, just, I just want to tell you too, and all... I mean, all these, thank you. Like, thank you for doing that. Oh, the, like, the, we the, are the, so grateful. Truly mine. We're so grateful. Your attitude. It's, um, you know, I feel like the, this, this, this day and age, you definitely feel like I'm, I'm just, I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just put it out there. Yeah. You definitely feel like things like military or, conservatives you know conservative or religion like they're, mm. they're almost they're almost ostracized now like it's like you it's there's there's almost like a oh you were in the army and it's there's this there's this like you know sometimes you get a sense there's this judgment or like well war is yeah. bad and all this but i don't mean to sound dramatic but you know a lot of people who are you know, a lot of, you know, social justice warriors, a lot of people who are, you know, on social media, canceling people like they're, they're some of the most privileged and entitled yeah. people in the world. Like, yeah, a lot of people don't have time to be doing that because they got to go to work, you know, yeah. or they, they, they got to figure out how they're going to keep the lights on, you know, and it's yeah. like, we, we have those privileges because the people, 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 people don't realize, like, how much how much bad there is and is that bad there because of the military or is the military there because of the bad yeah. we don't know but yeah. what i do know is that if we decided to get rid of it life would be yeah. a lot different like yeah for sure human human nature is human nature and humans have been fighting yeah. over land ideology <laughs> yeah ideology religion since yeah. the beginning of time you Absolutely. know so i think it's pretty safe to assume that that's not going to stop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
so yeah it's uh it was um yeah the army was the, the army is definitely something i look back on proudly uh and so i was in the army all up like including i did so i did tactical intelligence and then i did strategic on the on the back end of my time in the military and that's when i was transitioned to working mm-hmm. to working at the nsa national security agency so all up was about five years okay um and when i so this this is another thing i turned down um about my like my last year in the army i started doing the application processes for the three letters i applied to fbi i applied to secret service atf and dea um because i'm like you got to cash in that wide and so i got through like the physical portion i got through the first round of interviews this was 2012 13, 14, 6, 17 and so I'm progressing through all of these. And then, you know, there's like gaps where, you know, nothing's really happening. And one time, one day, uh, a guy who I was in the army with, and who was my roommate, he was, hey, we should open a gym. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And like, we had both like, I've been bodybuilding for like about a year and a half at that point. He had started getting into weightlifting. Like he was, we were both on YouTube looking at the bodybuilding videos and he kind of started getting into powerlifting. And when we would go to the gym, you know, there'd be things we'd want to use, but they didn't have or different Uh bars or chains and stuff. And so we were like, let's open a gym that has all of that, um, that has everything all these other gyms in Augusta don't have. I've never owned a business before. He had never owned a business before. Like, it was just like, okay, cool. And he was in Kuwait at the time, or he was in Kuwait at the time and we were messaging. And so I'm like, okay, I'll start working on a business plan. And you were in Augusta at the time? Yeah. So I, okay. I was in Augusta. Um, it just, I think I was just about to get out of, I was, I think I was still in the military, just about to get out. Um, and so I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I'll start working on a business plan. So I'm online, like looking at these business plans, like creating all this stuff, sending him drafts and stuff, working on it day and night, come up with this luxurious business plan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, we're asking for, I think it was like, we're asking for a modest $450,000 loan, like, yeah. start, you know, <laughs> to get this started. And he comes back um, and we start combing through stuff like equipment and we're looking and we're like, we would spend nights at the table just like for hours. And we had just like whiteboards and like stuff up on the walls and papers everywhere. It was so much fun. Like, Yo, it's, yeah it's like oh, the like movies so i mean that's what fun. we think about like running a business yes. you'll see the other side of it the- <laughs> <laughs> exactly so much fun like drawing out the you know what we want the layout to be and researching buildings and stuff and so we go to the bank and we're like they're like did you get this did you get like who wrote this business plan for you and i was like well i did he's like well this is incredible and he was like yeah he was like you know we reviewed it we will definitely like we'll gladly we gladly grant you this loan um we just need a 20% uh, equity injection. And I said, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, so if we give you 450,000, you need to give us 90,000. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. You're like, let me go to my money tree real quick. And uh... I, was like, I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> so we have to give you $90,000, like 45,000 a piece. And he was like, yeah. I said, oh, I said, okay, look, let me go back and just redraft this. Yeah. So we tried, and like this first, this Josh, this this first business plan had childcare, had employees, maintenance. Yeah, I'm like talking about air conditioning and lights. Sounds I awesome. Stripped. I mean, yeah. We it sounds it sounds incredible, but we didn't have ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. So <laughs> stripped it all the way back. So I think we ended up asking for. I think we ended up asking for. Sixty thousand dollars, like yeah, you bare like, boned it back, yeah, yeah, like bare boned it. Like, look, we can scrap together six thousand a piece. Yeah, I ended up maxing out. I ended up like trying to finagle. I didn't, I didn't own anything. Like he didn't. I think he owned a truck or something like that. He put that up as collateral. Like we're asking family and friends for gifts, and you got to like have the money in your account for ninety days before you do this and. I maxed out my credit card, like trying to like withdraw cash. I emptied out my, my army TSP. Oh yeah. Um, like just like trying to put as much as we can into this gym and we got the loan. 
We got the loan September nineteenth. That's when that's when we signed the loan, and we just sat there like, okay, like September, and we want we want we were hoping to open in November, looking for buildings and stuff. The building we were gonna get from this CrossFit gym, we were like, okay, cool. Yep, they're like, yep. All you got to do is come in, repaint, turn the key, and you're good to go. We're excited. They pulled out of their deal, and so we were stuck without a building. They said because the building they were trying to get into, they couldn't get into. It's a 10,000 square foot building. They wouldn't tell us where it was, though. So I spent one day, I drove around for five hours in Augusta trying to find this building. And I found it. And it was literally like just that. It was like down this like access road. And I called the number and I'm like, hey, we're interested in getting this building. He was like, how much of it do you want? I'm like, how much are you willing to give? He was like, I can give you 3,500. Uh, 3,500 square feet. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yep. Like, like, yeah, right, right away. Like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Was that big and enough for your plan? I mean, well, there, you were going to make it work. Yeah. We were going to make it work. And thankfully, because the building we were going to go into was nowhere near big enough, <laughs> like nowhere <laughs> near. So this is just like serendipity, like the universe. Thank goodness for closed doors. Seriously. And so, no, I'm sorry. It was, it was 5,000, 5,000 square feet. That's what it was. Cause each unit was, it was like a four, four garage doors and each one was 2,500. So he gave us two. So he gave us 5,000 square feet and the gym was supposed to open in October. October comes, October 1st comes and we're looking for October 15th. I quit my job and I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, putting everything in, assuming that as soon as we open, the floodgates are just going to open, right? Yeah. Like, it's just like, we're not going to be able to keep people out of this gym. Yeah. October 1st comes, it's still for four walls. That's it. And I'm like, okay, like maybe they'd like to work in sprints. Like maybe two weeks is enough time to put up walls, install plumbing, electricity, have this thing running. A oh. week goes by, another week, I'm like, it's not going to be ready, is it? He's like, oh, no, like this just this building contractor was the slowest like casual and it was just him and this one other guy named Mike and they had like a few you know like they they, they had a few migrant workers they worked with and I'm like you're at the bottom of the list too they would come and go at the bottom of the list long story short the gym didn't open until January oh by that time I I was asking my mom for money almost every month, just like trying to stay above water. The only thing saving me was I, I re-enrolled in school um, to get a master's in exercise physiology because I was like, well, opening this gym, I want to be knowledgeable. And the army was paying, they were paying me, paying my tuition. Yeah. And you get it. I was getting $700 a month for like housing allowance because I was in school. Literally the only reason I was able to make it. And so that was paying my rent. I mean, how did, how did that, out. like, how did that feel with people? I know I can just like put myself there. I mean, when you're telling everybody, cause you guys are visionaries, you're telling everybody, here's what's coming, here's what's coming in. It's like three or four months. And they're just like, yeah, and? <laughs> it's the, the, so the combination of the, the combination of the uncertainty of when the gym was coming, the pressure from the people who were expecting it the financial strain and just despair because I would I'd run out of money and wasn't sure when this gym was going to open mixed with, and this is probably the biggest element, unfortunately, my, what I thought people were thinking about us and what I thought people would think if they knew I was broke or if they knew like we, like I was, you know, my whole like grandiose plan we, that we've been talking about wasn't going how, how it was going to go. The combination of those broke me. Um, even when the gym finally did open, we had nowhere near as many members as we thought we were going to have. We couldn't cover the bills for the first, you know, like six months. Um, I slipped into a depressive, I slipped into, I went through an episode of depression for about two months. Um, within like the first two or three months, the gym opened. Um, I almost got, I had an eviction letter. I came home to an eviction letter on my door for the first time in my life. And it, 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 it took a lot, it took a lot to, to, um, to keep going. And 
my business partner, you know, sometimes, you know, he come, I never forget this one day he came to the gym and he, we usually come with, usually come with something to eat. And he had two burgers today. And, you know, he gave me one, didn't say anything, you know, he was like here. And because I hadn't eaten, like, oh. I, 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 like I, I just, I just, I, I don't, I don't know how he knew. Um, but I was absolutely, I was starving. You know, I've been, yeah. I've been, you know, watering ramen noodles, you know, for, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how many days, you know, I was making decisions between paper towels and toilet paper, you yeah. know, my food or dog food, you know, gas or like, you know, gas, or the water bill, you know, like, like, what, 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 like, what can I get away with? Yeah. Um, and so that was rough. And it wasn't until April or May, I think we opened 2016. Um, we, we hit a turning point and we slowly started getting more members and a lot of that pressure was alleviated. I'm glad uh, you shared that because most people with plans and they, I mean, they don't realize small business is super, super hard. And there's a lot, there's a high, high rate of failure. Huge rate of failure. And I'm just glad you're honest and uh, would tell that because it's so true. And, yes. and maybe encourage somebody in that, in the middle of that too. I mean, you've lived in it. It's yeah. I, I, I will say, you know, like it's, we, you know, we were fortunate that, you know, our, our vision was one that was viable in the city we were in and, you know, what we wanted our gym to be, we were able to find a space that we could like custom build it to that. Um, and we had the networks to, you know, kind of make it happen. But if you are, if you are sitting in that spot, you know, and you feel like, oh, like you feel like, oh, I can't do it. Just, you know, like take a step back, take a few breaths and just like, just, just see, see if you can drive on for six more months. Like, so like, so like see if you can drive on for six more months and just see what happens. Like really commit for six more months because that's what we did. And it's not always going to pan out, of course, but at least you push through for six more months. And then when you step back, you say, okay, I gave my best shot. And that's going to come to cost sometimes. Like I lost, I lost, I lost a lot. Again, d- depression is a very real thing. Um, sure. The stress was consuming. Like the only time I had solace is when I was asleep. As soon as I woke up, I'd be flooded with like flooded with stress. So embarrassment, like it, it, it's hard, but if you are on that venture, you are you in, in, a, in a huge minority of people who are who are brave enough, you know, and willing to to, to do something like that. Um, and so when the gym finally did start picking up, um, DEA and Secret Service came back and they said, "Hey, we'd like to, you know, we'd like to offer you a position." <laughs> And what was the timing about that about it was it just that's how it worked out timing wise it was just how it worked oh. out timing wise, like <laughs> wow. literally and so i'm sitting in the gym one day i see these emails and i'm like i actually just deleted those emails a few months ago because i would always go back and look at them but and i'm like huh and so i'm talking my partner comes in and i'm like hey guess what crazy thing the dea and uh, secret service just offered me a job trying to see like what he was going to say yeah. and he's like he's like well you can't well you can't leave here because in those nights and stuff when we were planning our operation agreement we literally like we wrote down on a piece of paper we will not fuck each other over yeah. and we both signed it you know and yeah. so it's like it's like here's my dream that i've been working for and it's right there all i gotta do is reply and he would like he wouldn't. But it's like, you know, you made this commitment and you got to see it through. And so I said, unfortunately, I can't go forward, um, you know, yeah. in the process at this point. They've never replied faster in their lives. As soon as I said, like, can't go forward, they're like, thank you. You've been removed from the application process. Oh. I'm like, gosh, I, I, man, I, that's I painful to that. hear. It's, it's, it, I sat with that and I'm like, I'm like, well, you know what? That's. That's, it, that's life, you know, doors open and I walk through them and sometimes, you know, the other door closes Yeah. and you know, that's okay. Um, but what about but, character you showed in that and integrity 
yeah I mean, for what exactly. it's worth that's a big big deal and it's worth a lot yeah and i, I and that's and that's how i feel about it i and, mean nine out of ten people would have i mean I'm, I, we're lawyers we know we've seen the break broken contracts all the time so <laughs> i'll tell you right now nine out of ten people will uh will break that and move on so i appreciate the fact that you're you're yeah. operating with that type of a character and integrity and yeah for sure man and look the gym is you know five years you know five years strong now you know we got you know 300 you know 300 around 300 400 members um and my part my business partner actually he, he got married um last year and i went i was able to make it up to that wedding and he met her you know because of the gym and to go there and see all the people that are there because of the gym and like the community it's built and the friendships it's I'm incredible. Like, oh, wow. I'm, I'm like, so glad there was on. a happy ending on that. I was going to be mad. At yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's so the, the, like, the, so the gym is still going. Um, but around this time is when I, I kind of got introduced to Les Mills as well. Okay. Um, and so I just like walked past the class one day in the gym and I said, I want to teach that class. Um, and it was a Les Mills body combat class. They're fighting. They were program. doing. They were doing that in your gym. I mean, y'all were. No, no, no. Were... This, this, oh, okay. this, 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 this at a gym I was personal training at, um, or I, I was, I was like, I was working at at the time before I transitioned to mine. Um, and I say, yeah, I want to teach that class. And two weeks later, I went and got certified. Um, had been teaching for about seven months, and. A friend of mine who was on the U.S. National Les Mills team was like, hey, I'd like to flag you to try for the U.S. team. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but yeah, sure, let's do it. Um, sent in a video and they invited me to onboard for the team. Uh, so I onboarded for the U.S. team and got on the U.S. team beginning of 2017. Um, and... From there, I uh, about six months later, uh, maybe a, or five months later, something. I was actually three months later. I got an email from Les Mills International saying we saw a video of you teaching. We'd like to invite you to New Zealand um, to film one of our master classes uh, for Pump and Combat. And I was like, wow. "Yeah, let's do it." You have um, to go to New. Z you have to go to New Zealand. I mean, that offer at yeah, least to go check it exactly, out. You have to. <laughs> And so um, around, now around this time, so this was, you know, like spring, summer, that 2017, um, I had, so the gym had been doing, the, the, like the, the gym had been doing really well. And it got to a point where like we had a little more freedom, independence, and had to be at the gym all the time. So I had applied to a job um, at the NSA again, but at, but at, but at a higher GS level. And I like went through my interviews, psychological interview, all of this stuff. Like, okay, cool. Well, we'd like to offer you this position. You would start in August, 2017, no, September, 2017. And I said, okay, cool. I go to New Zealand, July, 2017. And after filming, uh, Kylie Gates and Jackie Mills, they say, we'd like to make you an ambassador for Lesquiz International. I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, well, you'll come to New Zealand a few times a year to film these releases, um, you know, about, you know, roughly like, you know, a week or two, two weeks at a time. You, you'll do events around the world. Um, how does that sound to you? And I'm like, that sounds great. But in the U.S., you only get two weeks of leave a year. A year yeah. So <laughs> I'm not sure if I'll be able to do that and do this. And so they're like, well, just think about it and, you know, let us know. And, you know, coming from America, there's. There's nothing like that. It's just beautiful, nine to five with benefits, and <laughs> and you you know like you got your stability. You know every two weeks the money's coming in, and this is going to be a six to two Monday through Friday. Looking at four screens, sitting in the basement up in D.C., you know fighting terrorists, and I'm like, and this this was this was a, this was going to be sitting at I think I was going to be sitting at 105k a year, and I'm like, did you say no again? I said no. Oh, come on. I'm seeing a theme here, man. It's starting to hurt. I said no. I said no. I said no because I talked to my mom. And I, 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 talk, I talked to my mom. I talked to the head of the U.S. team at the time. It was a you know, very trusted friend of mine. And my mom was like, you know, what, what is your heart saying? She was like, the NSA will always be there. 
the government will always be there. And they're like, but you know, you know, to find these, you know, opportunities to travel the world and to do this, like you should at least just try it out, you know? Does that mean you'll have less stability? Yes. Does that mean you need to, you know, personal train, you know, to help, you know, to, you know, make ends meet and to, you know, support yourself? Yeah, sure. But it'll be a lot of fun. And so I said, I said, oh, 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 you're right. You're right. And so I turned down the NSA. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? NSA. That's awesome of your mom. Because yeah. the fact that she would say that and not say, take the stable route and all that. I mean, she knows yeah, you well, yeah. properly. I mean, she, yeah, she, exactly. she knows you like, you're not going to be happy unless you have Definitely. that element of venture or something in you. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, because I went to New Zealand, you know, I saw this woman in the back of a room in the back of a class one day. And uh, the next day I found out she was a friend of a friend and went up to her and her name was Felicity. And I'm like, first thing I ever said to her was, you know, hi, my name is Marlon. I love you and I want to marry you. Oh. And, <laughs> oh, no. and that woman, Felicity, is who I who I'm married to right now oh, in, in, in Australia. So that'll be a, that 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 story is incredible. I, I'll have to tell you that story on our maybe we'll do a part two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, walking through those doors in the sequence that I did, and you know, taking the opportunities when they came, and being okay with being uncomfortable, and being okay with like leaving leaving secure and leaving the known is, is, is exactly why I'm sitting right here in Sydney, Australia, instead of in, you know, Maryland, you know, in Baltimore, Maryland, or instead of in Augusta, Georgia, or in Cincinnati, Ohio, like it's, it's, it's those decisions have led me to this place where is this, is this what I was visualizing when I was 18 years old? Absolutely not. But 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 what I but what I trade this for for anything else? Absolutely not. No, because the experiences that I've had and the, the things that I've learned are just and the, just the life experience is just. And I'm 33 years old. Yeah, and I've you know I feel like I've I've done I feel like I've done 50 years of living. You know, I like, mean, just, just from like the, just from our little bit of recording, it makes me feel like you've done fifty years yeah. of living. I mean, just yeah, like when I uh. like when when I tell people about it, it kind of reads like 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 the like the Forrest Gump movie. It's like you know, like like you're doing like all these things, and a lot of these things happen, you know, at the same time in such short amount of time. But it's because I was always willing to to at least to to try it, yeah. you know, to well, okay, well, let's let's just do it and see what happens. Um, and I'm not, you know, oblivious to the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm smart, um, I'm ambitious, you know, I'm driven and, you know, I do have, you know, I do have an incredible mother, you know, who's made, who supported me through all those decisions. My incredible wife who made it possible for me to, you know, to even move here at all. You know, we both moved heaven and earth for that to happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, but it, it's, I see so many people. One of the things that pains me the most is I see so many people who are in a situation or circumstance or a position or place in their life that maybe that that is that is comfortable, but bad. Yeah. You know, like it's it's a bad spot, but it's comfortable because because it's familiar. Yeah. And I'm I'm not telling people to eat, pray, love their self, you know, and you know, their self all the way to, to, to the mountains and to bed or something like that. But I'm saying like in circumstances, situations are different, finances, children, property, like every there's there's tons of different circumstances. Mm -hmm. I get that. But but there are so many people who the only thing holding them back is they're just afraid of yeah. they're just afraid of that unknown. That's it. And if I could, if I could convey, if I could like if I could wrap my life to date up in like, just like one phrase, it would be walk through the door. Yeah, like, I know that's what, that was the question I want to ask you too. Like, what's your life message? Like, what is, what would you encourage people with? Walk through the walk door. Through the door. Yeah. Walk through the door. Like there, are, there are so many things we, like so many opportunities we come across that we say no to. So, I mean, no is one of my favorite words, you know, but like, you know, it's, it's, there's so many things we come across and so many, uh, so many um, uh, pivot points in our lives and just like these, 
forks in the road that you 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 see it and you're like ah maybe but nah nah like you just push it off just long enough to where you don't have to make a decision about it or a decision gets made for you and then the you're opportunity's like, well, gone yeah yeah exactly an opportunity's gone and it's like if if i would have said you know if i would have said no to any one thing along the way everything would everything would be completely different hell even if i if i was two inches taller my life would be completely different because trying to play as a 5'8 football player is much different than trying to play as a 5'10 football player. Like, so different scholarships, different schools. Like, mm. so there's, you know, there's things I've turned down. Obviously there's, there's, yeah. there's things I've turned down. Um, but, you know, but, you know, but there, there's a lot of things that I've said yes to, and each one of those has led me to a different set of doors, Yeah, you know, to, to go through. And so, so is, just, is that what led to writing your book too? I mean, you're 33 and you've already written a book too. So tell me about that. Yeah. The, tell um, us about the book and tell us where we can find it. And well, you, hear you, know, you know what the, the book actually, the, the book <clears throat> probably took me about, I, I, I want to say close to, I want to say close to five or six years to write. Um, Cause I, I started when I was in the U S and the book started as this, just as, as this ego trip, like, Oh, you know, I've done a few things. Mike, I got a bunch of funny stories to tell. I want to write a book, and I think somebody's gonna adapt it into a movie or a TV show one day. Yeah. <laughs> and so I start, I start, I start writing. I get like eighty or ninety thousand words, and I send it off feedback to an editor. It got destroyed. <laughs> oh, Josh, yeah. like I'm talking about to the point where I was questioning everything I've ever done in my life. Like it was the oh, most man. painful thing. And this person doesn't know me. So like, obviously they're not like criticizing me, but it's like, you write this book because you think it's so cool and you want it to be a TV show. And it, they're like, where's the character development? There's no plot. What's the point of this book? What are you trying to come? What are you trying to get oh, across? Man. No like, punches. Like, like this, this like pulled no punches. I mean, it was like to the point where I put that down for a year. Oh, wow. I said, I don't want to see it. Oh. And what's incredible about the book is the book grew. The book shrunk as I grew. Mm. And so as I began to, as I learned more, and as I began to mature and go through my own periods of growth, and I'm still growing, still maturing, um, I began like the, I was I began to see what was superfluous in the book, what was wrong, what was stupid, what was what was arrogant. And I'm like, started to strip away. And so that was that, that process probably took, you know, it was an iterative, and you know, it was an iterative process, you know, over about three or four years, three years. And when I got to Australia, you know, I sat down, I had plenty of time, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna try and like rework how I do this. And I sent it for feedback to a friend. And they're like, it still seems disorganized, but how do you feel about organizing people into chapters? Because I wanted to, you know, talk about the lessons I had learned from interactions with individuals in my life and give each person a chapter name. And I'm like, okay, that'd be cool. Um, and then that kind of melded into, I'm at, I'm at a place where I'm, I love concision. I want to be concise. And I was like, I want this book to just be, I want it to be punchy. I just want it to be the like, just exactly what you need handheld very easily to easy to digest like simple passages and so i began to you know you know cut back on it even more and 20 2000 oh it was yeah 2021 um i said this was like april may june i'm like you know what i got some time off it was locked down i'm really gonna focus and like kind of finish this and so the book right now has 53 chapters um, and it had a hundred and it had 103 when I, when I, when I was like, when I was like, you know, I want to make sure this is, I want to like put some work into it. Man, they and, say the hard, that's the hard part. Like it is yes. hard. It is hard, hard, hard to shorten stuff. It is very difficult because yeah. all, when you, when you're writing it, all of your words are important. And yeah. you're like, <laughs> it's your well, babies. Yeah. Yeah, it's my baby. So I'm like, well, I need all of this. Nothing is going. And so it took a lot of just objectivity, sending for feedback, not being afraid of what people are going to say. 
to to you know to really strip away and you know combine chapters and take this one out and put it down for a few days pick it back up read it again and I got down to the 53 and I sent it to an editor I'm like okay I'm good like let's try this again you're kind of squinting like send it and squint <laughs> wait for it wait, 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 wait for it I know I'm flinching so I sent it to this amazing editor um in 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 New York um she she's been she had been editing for like 30 or 35 years um like incredible incredible reviews and so i'm like you know i'm sending this up for you know um you know it's as like as like a final manuscript it's like finishing touches um but also looking for feedback on you know um you know cohesiveness etc and she comes back and she's like this has been what this this has been one of the joys of my editing career reading like like reading this book. Oh man! And wow. For me, I, I responded right away and I said, "Are you just blowing sunshine on my ass? Yeah. Like just like <laughs> like are like are, are, are you just trying to get a are you just trying to get a good review? Like be honest with me." And she says, "Uh, you know, I appreciate you know I appreciate the 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 honesty in your sentiment, but rest assured, I don't." She said. I pull no punches, yeah. Um, because you know I can't, you know I can't guarantee the best product if I do that. Um, I've learned so much about you, and I've I learned just, so much about myself reading. It had book. to speak to her. I mean, it had to and speak so, to her. Such yeah. A way, yeah. And so <laughs> when I when that happened, I was like, I don't know. That was a. I know we shouldn't look for validation, but for me, that that was that was that was really assuring, considering where the book started. That's special. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations so on that, that too. So, so you. can we get it on Amazon? I mean, yeah, yeah. So yeah, wherever you can find it on Amazon, it's just on Amazon at the moment. It's okay. uh, called the only one in the room. Okay. Um, by you know Marlon Woods, of course. Um, yeah, it's on Amazon. It's in plenty of marketplaces. It's U.S., <laughs> Amazon, Canada, France. You know, throughout Europe, um, even Japan which is a bit random, but you can get it there as well. And of course, Australia, New Zealand. Do they, do they tell you how many you sell when you sell them? I mean, you just kind of get real-time notice of that or is it just updates? Yeah, like, yeah, like, there's a, yeah, there's, um like, you can go on Amazon, like, yeah, Amazon, like, publishing, okay. publishing a website and find, and we just, uh just crossed, um just crossed 5,000 copies. <laughs> oh, that's great. Which man. I think, which I think is just, it's, hum it's, I'm just grateful. Like, yeah, I'm, like, I mean, I'm that just, has to I'm, be. I'm, I'm totally grateful. I wonder, just like new business startups, that has to be. There has to be a high rate of book death before it reaches that even point. So that's really cool. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what the stats are, but you, I know a lot of. I bet there's a high percent that don't even get, come close to that. Yeah, like I think mo I think they said you know the average lifetime for books self published is you know like 250 or 300 books or something. Yeah, um, so that's great. Wow. And. So I, I I just I told myself when I wrote it and when I when I put it out there in the world I said, you know I'm not doing it for the money. If one person messages me and says this book touched them and this book helped them, then I'm happy. Yeah. And to see to see the outpouring of support and to know that, you know, my book and my writing and my words are on people's bookshelves like all over the world. It's just something that. It's just, it's, 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 it's just, it's, I'm just great. Just gr 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 gratitude. Too cool. Too, too good, mind. man. Well, I need about five more minutes. I want to pick your yeah, brain about what is it like? So I think I've probably done quite a bit of body combat through mm -hmm. with you as well, whether you knew it or yeah. not. So what's it like <laughs> filming those things? And like, I mean, what, what is that like filming? I mean, is oh, that man. an all day thing? I mean, you guys get out there in the middle of like some of the coolest. I mean, I, I'm I'm assuming there's some amazing facilities. It looks like. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's <clears throat> it's quite an involved process. So I'm going at the end of April, right? And so we'll start rehearsals usually on like a Monday, and you rehearse for three or four days, and you're just all, all you're doing is you do a class, watch the class, debrief the class, do a class. It's like watch watching class, film. I mean, huh? I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's just like watching film. You go and you okay. Well, what's well? This could have been said better. And look at the technique here. And our legs aren't matching here. And we should do this. And you do that for I do that for pump. I do that for combat. On the day, 
Um, I think we, we run six cameras, six cameras or five cameras and lights come on and it's, they just press play and it's like, okay, let's go. God, I, feel, um, I feel the pressure just from you telling about that. Like <laughs> no messing it, up it is, three days. Though. It's, and the thing is like, you know, that's three, that's three, four days. The choreo's changing. Your tracks are changing. Sometimes the moves are changing sometimes. And so it's literally like, you don't have mind space for anything else. Like you have to, you have to fully immerse for, for that, for that entire week. And it, it's, you have you have to do that to ensure that when the day comes you have as much mind space as possible available to just to to remind yourself where you are and so you're not thinking about the choreography and stuff like that but you like you can focus on there's cameras moving and if there's participants in there and oh well, we're going to do this cue and oh we need to move here for this and even like where you like even like where you're supposed to be on stage like for each track um but once you once you kind of get into a flow of things, it becomes a little easier. But the butterflies never leave. Oh like, yeah, no way. There was one release I got up there, and I literally forgot how to stand up. Like I'm <laughs> like I'm I get up there and I'm like, is this stage slanted? I keep I keep falling forward, and then my shoe came untied, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like my shoe <laughs> has never come untied before. Like and so like pain, like like it's just there's so many. <laughs> You're like cut, come on, Marlon, tie your shoe. Let's do it again. Like everybody's yeah, better. and it's. And I will say it's different for me, like, because I do it regularly, you know, I have a relationship with the producers and the directors and film crew and, you know, the, the program directors and the other presenters and stuff. So it's a lot more comfortable for me than, than, than it would be if you're going over for your first time. Um, and, and even even still, you know, you still kind of get butterflies and jitters and you're like, because this goes out to you know, you know, thousands of people in the world, you know, there's, I mean, like, I mean we're in small town, Texas, watching it in our living room in the yeah. mornings, like working out. Like, there's, yeah, there's like, I think like 400,000, you know, subscribers, the lesson was on demand. And then there's like, a, I don't know, like a hundred thousand instructors across the world. Like, and so, and then they play it in clubs sometimes for virtual. And it's like, you don't want to have something out there and people are like, are just watching it over and over and over and over again. And you like, Oh, I messed this up. You know what I mean? Like, and, and sometimes it happens, like we're all human, but, but it's still, but it's it's fun though, but it's fun. So who are some of the coolest instructors Um, or some of your favorites? I mean, we're not saying we're not, we don't like the other ones, but who are some of the ones you really like? My favorite people to work with um and maybe are who are the most hardcore people too like some of those guys probably pretty- so glenn glenn ostergaard who's the program director for body pump i really enjoy working with glenn um ben main is a presenter for body pump who i work with a lot as well he's super chill so i like um, both the on glenn stuff when it comes up you know in the fitness programs y'all put together sometimes i'll just be like yeah oh no it's glenn like <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's yeah he's a really cool dude um just hard workouts <laughs> just yeah just was hard like he yeah. he he enjoys the work like he's like he's all about coaching the workout and he just he doesn't get tired um that's what's so, so frustrating him, i know so, yeah, him, it's so it's, and, right? him and ben it's so him and ben i love working with kylie gates um kylie is my she's she, she's my rock definitely um I've I've grown to I've learned to enjoy working with Dan. The first time I went to filming, um, after the first time I presented, Dan gave me about I had about two pages front and back written of feedback <laughs> from him for one track, and he was like, "Yeah, so just work on this stuff for tonight." And I'm like, "You want me to work? You want me to work on this stuff and fix this in a few hours?" He was like, "Just try it." And it was so I'm looking at this and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to like action any of this, even in the next 48 hours. But then this weird thing started happening where like what was 50 pieces kind of started like melding into like bigger chunks. And so it became a little more digestible, like over the over the course of the next day or two. And then the next time I got up to present, all of a sudden the stuff started coming out and he gave me he gives me this like this smug look like. I told you, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so like what, what I enjoy is these people have been doing this for 20, these people have been doing this for two decades. 
you know, and as, as, as good as anybody thinks they are, nothing beats time on the tools. Yeah. And there's just things that they're going to know and understand much more um, intricately and intuitively than, than any of us are. And so I enjoy that about him. Like there's, there's these, he's given me a few things over the years that have just elevated me and they're very small things. And he's given, given them to me when I was ready to receive them. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, so yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a cool dude. Well, thank you. So how do people, the best way do they follow you on social and how can they listen to, I mean, how can they like participate in one of your workouts? Is it the less mills demands the best? Yeah, so they'll have to connect, connect with you and get the book. And then, man, unfortunately we are going to have to do a round two. So. Yeah. All good, man. Yeah. Um, so, um, definitely easiest way to reach me is uh, on Instagram. That's just at Marlon Woods underscore. Um, you can, and I can, you know, get you a link to the book. The, that link will be in my, will be in my bio. Well, not right now. Cause there's a, a YouTube link in my bio now. Um, but you can find the book at, a, I have a website. It's literally, uh, I can't remember what it is. I think it might be marlinwoodsau.com or something like that. I have to remember. Okay. Um, but, but we can put the one and only, that means the only one in the room as well. Yeah. Yeah. Google yeah that you, we'll you, find that. Or you can type in the only one on the room for the book. Uh, yeah, for Les Mills workouts, if you type in Les Mills on demand or Les Mills plus either of those, um, it'll take you uh, take you to the website. Marlon, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for your honesty. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, your of story. course, man. Man, Definitely there's just, some people who are going to be moving forward because of that. So bless you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, this is Micah. Me and Josh would like to thank you for joining us in the story field today. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion, and to learn more about us and The Storyfield, visit thestoryfield.com. This podcast is sponsored by The Allen Firm, legal guides for many of life's situations. To learn more about The Allen Firm, visit allenlawfirm.com. Have a blessed day, week, and year, and we will see you next time on The Storyfield. This is Josh again. I just wanted to thank you for listening and let you know that this podcast is really about hope and about giving you hope for your life. So if you're listening and you're in a place where you're really feeling hopeless right now, or if you do not know Jesus, we have some great news to share with you and would love a chance to pray for you. Email us at hope at allenlawfirm.com. That's hope at allenlawfirm.com. And we'll reach out to you soon. Thank you for listening. God bless you.